Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Reboot Higher Ed. I'm your host, Paul Bolton, and today we're going to begin a series of podcast episodes that I am calling micro-episodes. I'm not inventing that. I'm sure there's so many creatives out there that are way beyond uh, where I'm at and uh, have have definitely like uh, cultivated a path for me to go down, and I'm going to just say this is the first that you're hearing a micro-episode on Reboot Higher Ed. Uh, but these are going to be short, very objective when it comes to data. Obviously, I am going to have a matter of opinion that will be subjective. But really, I'm not trying to sell you anything uh, with any of my uh, content. All I'm ever going to try to do on these uh, podcast episodes and the, this platform is to um, sell you intangible uh, things that you can take back and work with others in administration uh, at your institution to begin having some conversations that are that are around data that are around some very objective things that are changing that we have to begin having discussions about that might conflict um, historically what we've done and might conflict um, specific uh, relationships you have within your university and 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 some of the different departments you work with as a matter of a difference of opinion on how um, and what's important and next steps to take. So today we're going to jump right into the birth rate decline. The birth rate is declining. That's not national news. Um, how it affects higher ed. And I'm sure there's many publications that you all have already read or heard or seen uh, that have addressed this. So what does this mean for small, private, liberal arts universities? Well, that's a loaded question, as many of us are already working on a shoestring budget and scrambling to attract the students we are presently enrolling. So again, we're going to look at this through an objective lens um, and look at some solutions, um, address some key data points, current state, future state, next steps. So you can't look at or you haven't probably read anything that has to do with the birth rate decline and how it affects higher ed without the name uh, Nathan Graw coming up. Uh, you know, Nathan Graw is the author of Demographics and the Demand for Higher Education. And within that publication, uh, you'll see the statement, if you've already read it um, or read articles surrounding it, that it predicts the college-going population will drop by 15% between 2025 and 2029 and continue to decline by another percentage point or two um, moving on. And that the Northeast will, will be hit the hardest. So how did we get there? You know, what's, what, what was that decline? It was the number of kids born between, from 2008 to 2011. And that decline, it just it fell quickly. So fast forward that 18 years to 2026, and we see that less kids are, will be at the college going age, thus making, again, um, some things that are out of our control at the university of, of how that's going to happen. You can't go back in time, but more importantly, how are we going to adjust and what are some of the steps that we're, we're going to take? So what's been happening leading up to this point outside of just the birth rate decline? Well, in the last... In, in the last 10 years, ending in 2016, college tuition and fees rose 63%. So that's, the th that's three times the rate of everything else tracked by the Consumer Price Index. Um, and that's, that data comes from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, today, uh, because of the decline of the number of 18 to 24-year-olds uh, 
and improving an economy that's sucking people straight in the workforce, colleges have 2.9 million fewer uh, customers than they did at the last peak uh, in 2011. So just think of those, just some of those key data points that I just brought up. So college tuition rose 63%, and that ended in 2016, um, which greatly surpassed um, uh, everything else that's, that we track as, as, the, as, cost, as cost began to, to rise on tuition. And that's something that obviously those that are, are working in the higher education space have continued to see. And um, that cost increase, so the sticker price, as many of us know, and if you are, aren't familiar with that, is it, it's really just a marketing tactic um, used to attract students and their influencers, the parents. So dollars equal prestige, or this is at least what I'm told. And while well, th- this marketing tactics days are, are probably numbered are over, as you see, as we as the cost of the no- cost is the number one barrier. Pardon me, for many not to even look and to the value of the education provides or not even get to that point as the cost uh, as the barrier that doesn't have them even like take the next steps to see what educational opportunities uh, are provided at uh, your institution. And I stated that, you know, that tactic is over. And I had that thought until recently with the provisions made to the National Association for College Admissions Counseling, um, also known as NAC Act. Uh, The which is the governing body of college uh, admissions officers um, and their code of ethics was changed. And we'll cover this in the next episode and it will make things challenging, uh, but I digress. So we have to become entrepreneurs. Administrators need to think of the value justifying whatever cost is associated with education pathway. For the private institutions, our product needs to meet the demand and this will be very difficult. Why? Well, let's face it, our offerings at times meet our demand, but not our prospective students' uh, demand. And the latter isn't going to be an, an overnight fix, but we need, we need to start. And I think we're on the same page with our evaluation of our current state needing a makeover to, sur- to survive 2025 and so on. So here's the thought. Let's focus on the customer needs, the student. We know the value of our education, but are we telling it in a narrative that allows transparency of the path? Budgets might be tight. That's, that's very true. But are they tight in the right areas? Do students come to your university for campus life, the four-year experience, if you will, or are you the education pathway to a career and your traditional student personas align more with some of your professional students. What's your base? Again, what's your base? Own it and own the market share. You can see who you attract by just diving into your student data base or just walking around campus. You can see who you don't attract or lose in your institution's data. We have many answers all around us. Let me ask the question. Are we in the business of changing lives, graduating leaders into the world, challenging status quo, or are we about ourselves? We aren't in the position to make mistakes, and these have to be very calculated moves.
So let's start that discussion. Today, somewhere, somebody you're talking to, you can begin having that discussion. You know, are these things that we're talking about at our university, are we meeting about this? Are we addressing this? What are our moves? If you don't work in the enrollment space, you can still ask questions, right? How are we getting others involved? You know, we tend to operate sometimes as independent contractors across campus. You know, I don't work in that department or I don't do this or I don't do that. For us that work at the small private liberal arts colleges, if we're not working together, we will fail. You can't have an admissions discussion without financial aid. You can't have a financial aid admissions discussion without academic advising and academic support. You can't have all those discussions without also talking to faculty. You can't do all that stuff in a vacuum and expect to rise up. All those discussions that you're having, if they're not shared with your board of trustees and university leadership, then nothing will ever get done. Nothing's ever plugged into the strategic plan, or the strategic plan doesn't line up with what we're seeing in the landscaping. Maybe the strategic plan of your university was uh, begun development two or three years ago, and it's published, uh, but things change. Things change. Or maybe it doesn't drill down to exactly what needs to happen and what needs to change. There are many different reasons why uh, we will not be successful. But I know one reason that you know, can move us to success, and that is to begin challenging what our, what our historic pathway or historically what we've done. Because historically what we've done has got, it to a, got us to a specific point, and that could be success depending on how you measure it, but it's not going to be the way that things are going to be done in the future. The way that higher education business is going to be done in the future has to be able to pivot, move, and um, adjust quickly. And right now we have many, many dated models that are out there. So it's going to be difficult because you're not going to be able to read about like success that's happened already because a lot of these uh, practices and changes and and implementations are happening in real time uh, to get ahead of the curve. So, you got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of work to do. I think, though, if we begin to communicate uh, on these successes and on how we are able to work better with our student base, not just enrolling them, but also retaining them and graduating them, uh, if we can communicate that and share it, and then you can be open-minded at your university to let other people to the table that maybe haven't been involved in the past um, in these solutions. I think success can is is going to be the result. So, uh, thanks for tuning in today to another episode of Reboot Higher Ed, and have a great rest of your day. Um, Next episode, we'll be focusing on some of the changes that I just referenced earlier uh, to NACAC. And uh, that is going to play a role in some of the uh, future meetings and decisions you're going to have have to make um, as things are going to be more challenging uh, due to some changes that were made uh, by through the Department of Justice uh, and the uh, and NACAC. So uh, tune in again soon for for that episode. And thanks for tuning in today's today's episode. Have a great day.